When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts. John the Vernomatic Verno and direct from New Jersey, Metal Waltz. Good evening, everybody. As always, Thursday nights, new content drops. Tonight's episode, we welcome Don Jameson onto the show. Now, Don, besides being a kick ass comedian, he's rock and roll metal royalty. He's been on the show, that metal show with Eddie Trunk and Jim Florentine. They just relaunched that rock show up on YouTube. Well, Don's here tonight. He's going to join me and Metal Walt and uh, Mark Washo from Worldwide Metal Music. We're going to get a roundtable discussion, and we're going to discuss the topic tonight of our band's brands. If they are, can they continue with no original members? And what's going on out there with these bands that are calling themselves the full lineup but don't have like barely any original members. It's a hot topic. We all have our takes. I have strong opinions on it. Metal Walt has opinions, and we're going to see what Don Jameson has to say about this. So that's coming up in just a second. But first, I just want to remind you to get up to our website, metalmayhemroc.com. Sign up for our mailing list. Now, this is a way for us to stay in touch with you about all this stuff that's going on up here. Weekly episodes, reminders for our Monday night radio show, our YouTube channel's blowing up. I'm putting videos up there all the time. So if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get updates on whenever we have new stuff. While you're there, download some past shows, rate and review, and subscribe to all this. That really does help things. Last week, we had Brian Diamond. Now, Brian was the content producer from MTV during the 80s. It's tons of cool stories, you know, stuff about that Us Festival, stuff about uh, Thin Lizzy in the studio at MTV, Ozzy all hammered, Kiss when they took their makeup off. So check that one out. Uh, we had Bobby Blitz from Overkill a few weeks earlier talking about the new album. Uh, let's see what else. We had a uh, history of metal. 
uh, Ian O'Rourke and Metal Walt and myself, our continuing series on the history of metal. Gil Moore of Triumph was at the beginning of the summer. So there's tons of killer content. Again, get up to MetalMayhemROC.com and check all this out. All right, that's about it. Uh, let's get into this rock and roll detention with Don Jameson. I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. So here we are, middle of summer 2023, and another episode of Rock and Roll Detention. I'm the Vernomatic. I'm joined by Metal Walt, Metal Mark Washo, and our guest today is that rock and roll comedian, Don Jameson. Don, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Look, at we're all professional with our backgrounds and everything. Very sexy we are. Yeah, we are sexy. So <laughs> what we're doing today, once a month, we get fellow podcasters, metalheads, more importantly, on here just to shoot the shit about stuff that we think about around a campfire. You know, Metal Walt and I were always thinking, and I saw you at Rockin' Pod. Walt saw you down at the Tramp Show. You and Marco way back. So I'm going to send it over to Walt, but what we're going to talk about today is basically when do bands cross the line with not original members, when they turn into a brand, can they be a brand, and is there any longevity on there? So Walt always starts with a cool icebreaker. Walt, what do you got? So, guys, so I got the magic question. We're going to talk about a lot of our heroes and our bands. And does it feel right that there's only one original member? Is it a brand? Is it a band? Who's in there? We all have a million examples. But I want you guys to think about this. The Wiggles, right? The Wiggles announced their 2023 fall tour. Don, they're playing up at the Wellmont in Montclair. Listen, if... Anthony can remain the only original member of the Wiggles. So can our bands. But what I think the Wiggles have done, look at this. They have two yellow people, two red people, two purple people. Can you imagine if there was like two Anguses in ACDC or you swap out a Brian Johnson and you bring like a Bon Scott guy in? So if the Wiggles can do it, so can our bands. That's my well, point. I, I was the last time I was at Wellmont. I saw um, Alter Bridge and uh, and Wolfie Van Halen. But uh, this would this show would rival that for sure. No doubt about it. <laughs> I think all kidding aside, though, I think it's it's kind of funny that we make joke about the, our bands and we debate them to death as to whether it feels natural or not. This guy, uh, Anthony, in the Wiggles with the Blue, he's been around that band uh, that band since 1991. He's probably a multi-billionaire. He don't care who's in there. Sounds a lot like Gene and Paul, right? <laughs> well, we know that's we know that's ha- that's mm. coming. You know, as so- as soon as the next the 50th anniversary of the first Kiss album tour happens uh, next in 2024, then. They will all replace one another with totally different people. And uh, who knows? Maybe in every city, there'll be a version of Kiss. You know, Mark Mark and I have discussed this, and we're just going (laughs) to jump ahead. For the longest time, I disagreed with him with Mark's crusade that a band can become a brand. Don, what's your take? Uh, Would you go see Kiss as replacement Kisses? What's your take on all of this? Because it's deep. Oh yeah! Wow, it, it is deep. Well, I'll start out with I'll start out with the way it is, and then I'll I'll tell you what I think. So the way it is now is yes, 
bands are now brands. And there's no better um, example of that right at this very moment in history than Pantera. You know, uh, Dime and Vinny, and of course, to, to, on the day today that we're recording this is five years gone for Vinny Paul. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Uh, miss you and Dime all the time. And um, my liver doesn't, but uh, I miss you guys <laughs> as, as bros and, and incredible uh, musicians. But, I mean, this just shows you, you know, uh, when you lose two crucial members to a band and you go out, um, certainly Zach and Charlie, were those were the guys if you're going to do it. But I, I think if you if you took a poll, especially of old school fans like we are, 95% of them at least would say, yeah, I wish they would have called it the ultimate Pantera tribute or Pantera 2.0, as you know, Eddie Trunk suggested. I like that one. It's simple. Um, even just a little, I know, I know it seems weird, but just a, li- a little thing, you know, in small letters above the Pantera logo. But at the end of the day, that Pantera logo, you know, on every ad mat, on every festival, that that's what drives it. And so that's that's exactly what's happened is bands are now brands. If you have the logo, you know, there's 19 L.A. guns all suing each other, you know, to use <laughs> the logo. And that's because it's important. You know, it takes your it, it drives all your money up. If you can send that to the promoter, L.A. Guns is performing here, whether it's one of original members, no original members, all it doesn't matter. Me personally, I, I don't draw a line anywhere. I, I look at it case by case because I hold some bands in higher esteem than others. You know, I, I resisted seeing Sabbath, uh, you know, on the farewell tour because Bill wasn't there. You know, now I did end up seeing it um, in the coolest of ways, but you know what I mean? Like Black Sabbath, I hold at a different level than maybe some other bands that for me, like, oh, there's only one original guy. Well, I still like them because they're still bringing the spirit of it and all that. But um, so I don't have a, a set line. It's 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 on a band by band cases, but particularly with Pantera. I, yeah, I wish they would have added something. Don, I, I, Don, you, but your, what's your opinion on autograph? Right, autograph has, there's no Steve Lynch, there's no Steve Plunkett, and there's no Randy Rand. Yet Jimmy Bell of the House of Lords takes the band forward. I mean, you're going to see them, right? I have seen them. I saw them in Key West back in January at the the festival down there, and uh, I saw you know Simon Daniels who, who sings for him now. I saw him on the Monsters of Rock cruise, and I love Simon. Simon's got a killer voice. Um, if people, same with Quiet Riot. If, if people will pay to see it, and you're carrying on the spirit of the band, the, there's no reason for them to not do it. I mean, Autograph has zero original members. Um, now Quiet Riot, of course, Rudy's back, so that helps. But um, you know, again, it's a case by case basis. I was never a huge Autograph fan from back in the day. I do, I, you know, I do like a bunch of their tunes, but um, yeah, people still coming out and seeing them, and again. Boom. Autograph logo on your festival website page and people go, oh, autograph, turn up the radio, uh, you know, blondes in black cars or whatever that song was. They know that's what they know. They, that's what they come to hear. And if it sounds good, they're happy. What's your take, Mark? I think maybe the key topic would be, is it, it what's the product itself, right? And I think maybe the reason Pantera is working, and I know a lot of people did say they should call a Pantera tribute or Pantera something else, but 
obviously with Phil Anselmo there, when you when you see the the product and you hear the music and it looks like Pantera and it feels like Pantera. So to me, it's like, okay, it has the essence. Now, I know another band that was on the list is Skid Row. Skid Row, not Sebastian Bach on his solo stuff. That one's not feeling as much like Skid Row to me, or at least the Skid Row that I personally remember. So therefore, I don't know if I'm as apt to kind of follow what they're doing or go to their shows. Um, so I know it's a, it's, you know, there's nothing, this is definitely the gray area of things. It's not, it's not obviously cut, cut and dry or black and white, but uh, I do think it, a lot of it does come down to, to somewhat of the product itself, right? If it, uh, even with Judas Priest, you know, I mean, we're down to basically, well, even technically um, Scott Travis is not an original member, but I guess you could say, oh, well, Ian Hill is. So we're down, we're down to two, maybe three, but. Well, no, you you're know, down. Tech, sorry, let me just jump in. Technically, you're one. down to one. Ian Hill. one. Rob? Yeah. Rob? Oh, not even Rob. Not, Ian, no, Ian, Ian Hill is the original. <laughs> yeah. 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 But but to me, Richie, Richie, you know, he, he breathed life in that band when they were probably going to call it a day, uh, especially after, you know, Glenn's health issues. So but to me, Richie was a breath of fresh air and, and keeping it going. So this is a yeah, this is a tough one. This is a this well, is a tough. I think well, it comes got, down to the product. You know, I think it comes yeah. down to the product. And that, that's right, Mark. And the product and the, there's that fine line. Who's writing the product? Skid Row, it's always been Rachel. It's always been Snake. Um, you know, yep. you still got that original core. Um, now, the Pantera thing, they're just playing concerts. It would be a different ball game if they're releasing material saying it's Pantera. Now, that's crossing a line that you can't cross. But it always goes back to those bands, and I make this comparison. Don, I don't know what your take is, but I have a problem with this Todd LaTorre, Queensryche. And because that core that wrote that vintage Queensryche was so strong, DeGarmo, Jeff Tate, Rockenfield, who was a percussionist, that when Tate left the band, they did the Judas Priest route and got a sound-alike guy, and they keep pumping out Queensryche albums every two years. So... You know, when is it when does it cross the line of integrity of the writing core? What's your take on that, Donnie? Well, yeah, that's a, that's another element to it, right? Um, of course, you know, everyone Rachel and 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 Snake uh, you know, wrote the big hits in Skid Row, and so um they have the right to go out and do it. And and obviously, you know, Sebastian put some uh, unbelievable vocals on top of it. Uh, yeah. And he's gone out and played those songs, you know, his whole solo career. In fact, they, they were both out around the same. I think they overlapped doing the 30th anniversary of Slave to the Grind. So you had to pick and choose, like, who do you want to see? I, again, I, I don't, it's case, a case-by-case case basis. In general, I, I like, in general, I like to hear the original singer. But um, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I like Todd in... Um, Queensryche. In fact, I, you know, I think they'll get to a point, you know, other than maybe a handful of songs, they could just do their catalog with Todd, you know, after maybe another album or two. So um, they're building their own thing with him. And it sounds like, you know, classic Queensryche. And uh, but I also love, you know, Jeff can still sing at a high level. Um, so, yeah, that's the tricky thing. I, I, I always I, I kind of always lead towards the original 
yeah. voice. Like when Rat had Karabi in it, I love Karabi, but I would have rather seen Piercy solo because I want to hear Steven sing those songs. So it, it just, it kind of depends. I, I don't, I think it's not really that important to people who go to these, who the, who wrote the songs, as long as they sound good. I think like with the band like Queensryche, and I'll use another example, except it's the evolution of the lineup, right? In like, I disagree with Verno on this, and he and I have a lot of debates on this on the Queensryche because I do think it's Queensryche, right? You still had you had three fifths of the original members, yeah, Rock and Fields out, and all that kind of stuff. But now you bring in Latour, and the writing goes over to him and Wilton versus DeGarmo. But it's the evolution of the band where now the identity of the band or maybe even the brand is it's Wilton and Latour and Jackson, you know, for except. Right. Okay. Nobody thinks about except anymore as, oh, well, Udo's not in a band. But no, it's like you got Wolf Hoffman out there. He's representing except. But Tornillo is like he's not like a one B guy. He's not a paid player. He's like right up there with with Wolf. And they yeah. are the identity of except in twenty twenty three. And they put what four albums, five albums. They've been around ten years or more. You can't say that that is not like what uh, carrying a band forward should be. By, by the way, it's funny you said Tornillo and then um, Todd Latore. I saw both of them backstage after the pre-show in uh, Newark. I was with uh, shout out to my boy Metal Mike from the Halford Band. Um, both those guys, by the way, thought Metal Mike was the greatest thing ever, and they thought he wrote one of the greatest albums with Sebastian with Angel Down. They were actually talking about that one specifically. Yeah. But what's strange with Queensryche is I feel like this album with Todd Latore, I think is probably their best. I think it's the one that sounds closest to the old school kind of metal throwback. But when they played live with Priest, they I think they I think they only played one track from the new album live, and all the rest was all the old school stuff. So. Even a band like that, that is, some could argue, are putting out pretty good new music with the new singer. Still, when it goes to live right now, they're 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 not playing the new stuff. Although I think they're on their own tour now, right? And I don't know. My guess is they're probably playing more of the new stuff when they're out on their own. Yeah, a lot more. Oh, are they okay? Yeah, I, at least to, I haven't seen them. But. At least have to set it up with Todd. Yeah, you know, when you open for Priest, you know, you're 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 definitely in front of a, a nostalgic crowd. So yeah, you really. And you only have 45 minutes or whatever. So you have to, you know, you have to get in the hits. Um, and if you're lucky to be able to sneak a couple new songs in. You know, I talked about that with Kip Winger uh, on my podcast. And I said, you know, the new album is just crushing. I mean, I think it's their best album ever. Um, I go, I'd love you to play the whole album. And they were opening for Steel Panther. And Kip's <laughs> like, yeah, maybe we'll get one in on that tour. But, you know, when we go out and headline, hopefully, yeah, we could do four or five. Well, let, like you're going back to the parallels of like a skid row, right? I think of uh, a band like Alice in Chains, right? Which you could say falls into the same category. You have three fifths of the original members. And truthfully, Jerry Cantrell is Alice in Chains. Yeah. You even listen to his solo songs. I mean, I saw him up at the Wellmont back a couple months ago. It's a hard line, even between his solo material and the Alice in Chains stuff, because it all sounds like him. That's the bottom line. But I think it's funny, like when you think about a guy like, uh, you know, they bring in their uh, the new Lane Staley. And even though he's been with the band for a long time, boy, he doesn't look like Lane Staley. Right. So if you're expecting to go see another blonde haired guy and you see uh, you say Bill up there and he's this skinny black guy with the giant afro, yeah. you're like, what the hell is this, man? Who the hell is this guy? Um, Hey, I got it. I got I got another question. So, well, first of all, I was going to ask about Pantera because 
if that I don't even know who the other guys are. I know and obviously know it's Zach Wild, but if that group went into the studio and wanted to record a new Pantera album, what would be wrong with that? Arguably, I guess, arguably speaking. I know, Verda Mac, you have an opinion, but. Well, it's 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 Charlie Benante and uh, Zach and they're they're boys, you know, them and Dime and Vinny, they're brothers. I have no problem with those two doing it in Rex Brown's, you know, the the bass player. So it's half Pantera. Uh, like I said a few minutes ago, that's a line that I don't know if people are ready to cross if they create because it's like I hate to jump around, but. You can't have Van Halen without Eddie and Alex. You can't have Pantera without Dime and Vinny. And call well, at it least Pantera. in the at least in the in the Judas Priest camp, right? You have uh, Glenn Tipton is still helping with the songwriting because you can make that argument is well, he's not even involved in the songwriting, but he is. It wouldn't be the same with the Pantera camp, right? <laughs> well, you just opened up a huge can of worms, and that's that's a discussion that we're going to have to really take a deep dive in. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Metal Mark Washo is going to take that deep dive, and it surrounds Judas Priest. I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. We're talking today about the topic, can bands continue as brands? And when do you draw the line with bands not having 
original members. It's a hot topic. All right, this is a good one. Mark, uh, you have your thoughts on this topic. What do you got, buddy? Okay, so next question then in that same vein. What if, okay, Rob Helford one day is not going to be able to tour anymore. He's not going to be able to go on the road. Glenn's having his health issues. But what if we get to a point where we got Richie Faulkner, maybe Andy Sneep stays involved. At some point, Ian Hill can't keep touring. But they go out and find this incredible 25-year-old, young Todd Latore shredder vocalist who can rip everything Rob ever did. And they come out with this killer album like Screaming for Vengeance or Defenders of the Faith. Would you all, what's wrong with that picture? If that that means another Priest album or call it Priest 2.0 versus no Priest album ever again, ever. And that band keeps going and they go on another tour and we all get to see him again with this new killer album with a new killer singer. What's wrong with that picture? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's tricky. you know, um, you know, Vern, you know, there's Vern, a lot of ifs there, a lot of ifs there, but if they, there is <laughs> Vernomatic, look, made a good, made a good point distinguishing between the the bands that are one, maybe one or two original members, um, who are still out there touring and doing the old songs. And then the bands that are still putting out new material. So that's, that's sort of the thing. I think most people don't care who's in the band when they go see them live. But yeah, I think there is a big difference if the band is still putting out music. And where do you draw the line? So in my mind, as Marcus is presenting this thing, I'm going, no, 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 no. But as you keep talking, I go, all right, yeah, well, what would be wrong with it if it was really great? And it's Richie, and it's still Richie, and it's still Scott Travis. And it's and and maybe Glenn, maybe Glenn's still writing and, and Rob's still writing. They're just no. not recording and they're not touring. But it you well, kick it on and it but, sounds like Killer Priest and you're like, wow. You know. Well, Mark, I think you, you, you said something in there is what if you slightly renamed it? Now, John and I got to know Rick Ventura quite a bit over the last fall, right? Now small sampling, but he's got this killer band out there called Riot Act, right? It has the essence of Riot. He plays all the classic Riot songs that he was on. It's got killer musicians from Long Island on there. We just saw the band up at the Chance a couple of weeks ago. They were fucking awesome. But what's it called? Riot Act, right? So it's subtle change to the name and the brand, yet you're honoring your origins. To me, that's a way forward. Yeah, but let, we go all the way back to the beginning of this whole discussion. Everybody wants the logo. Judas Priest. Not Judas Priest act. Judas Priest is playing here tonight, uh, and that's what gets people excited, and that's what gets people in the door. Uh, you know, dorks like us know every move, every new member, who's in, who's out. But most people really don't yeah. pay that close attention, and I think everybody has their own line. So it's it's it is it's all about the brand. Who has the logo? That's who wins. Well, here's a question. If you're talking about that, metal nerds like us, this is the comparison. You could get a, get by with it with bands like Foreigner, where there's no originals, because the Soccer Mom and the Lacrosse Dads are going to it. But a Judas Priest, you can't get by with that. You can't have replacements, because Judas Priest's crowd are more knowledgeable, and metalheads are more territorial. Yeah. I wouldn't go see some band playing Judas Priest. 
it's not Judas uh, Priest. But, but Vernomatic, sorry, no, I didn't mean to be, cut you off, but here's the thing, though. You go to a pre-show, and as many people are diehards and love Sinner, there's still half the place gets up and starts jumping and cheering when another thing coming comes on. And going back to Pantera, if they said Pantera 2.0 or Pantera light or what tribute would to that point, would that scare half the people off? Going, what, what, what is this? What, what, what's tra- Pantera tribute? Like I thought this was Pantera. Like, is there, is there that audience that doesn't know that's that, that just, Oh, let's go. Wow. Pantera's coming. Cool. <laughs> Pantera heads, they know that it's not the original, but they want to go there and it's it's a novelty and it's exciting now because they're finally playing those songs and they get to see them live. And let's not underestimate the involvement of Zach and Charlie. They, I'm not saying they get a pass, but they get an acceptance because they were brothers. Yeah, and the far, you know, you mentioned yeah. Farner. That, there's, a, there's a new wrinkle to all this which is Foreigner is out going out on their farewell tour. And when you go out on a farewell tour with zero original members, my question is, who the F is saying farewell? <laughs> Wait. All, anybody who's already, the original members have already said farewell decades ago. So I, can you really have a farewell concert with zero original members? <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to bring yeah. back all the original guys at least – mix them in uh, yeah. with the tour because otherwise it's like, you know, foreigners like jury duty, like, you know, everyone eventually gets, you know, the letter in the mail. Okay. Oh, uh, I got what happened. You got Jordan jury duty. Now I'm in foreigner. Uh, I don't know how hey. long I'm going to be in, but I got to serve my, do my civic duty. And you know, that's, that's what it's like now in that band. Nobody knows who's in it. Um, but yes, that their crowd, not as, you know, crazy as our crowd is about all that stuff but but who's saying goodbye well how about leonard skinner right i mean leonard skinner's in the same camp right we just lost the last original member gary rosington yeah ricky medlock technically is an original member but johnny van zandt he's got the family name he's been there since the re-kick in 87 but Nobody cares. It's Leonard Skinner, right? You got the flag, the identity, the bands, you know, like it doesn't matter. They are truly, in my opinion, the ultimate example of a band that is a brand. Here's another one. Well, I'm going to use the band Halloween, for example. They're out there touring with two uh, singers, which is the original. Actually, he's not even the original original, but Michael Kiske uh, and the, the guy that replaced him. And they're on this tour and they're doing all the throwback stuff. I think they put out new music with both singers. Sometimes they sing together. Sometimes it's kind of like the three tremors, crazy stuff going on. But I don't know. Like that's a whole other twist is bringing all the original guys back. Or again, if Priest ever went on a farewell tour, an actual one, what if they brought KK back and even threw Ripper up there and let Ripper do some songs? And I don't know. I think fans think some of that could be super cool too, you know? I guess there's no rules. There's no, there's no like metal, you know, uh, emperor that, that, that is, you know, handing down fines or something. (laughs) I guess the fans, the fans (laughs) are going to speak. That's, that's what it comes, right? Well, that's the thing. You vote with your wallet and you're not going to go, you're not going to go. And that's it. But you talk band like uh, Halloween. What about a band like uh, Vicious Rumors? Their whole existence has been the revolving door. They've been around 30 plus years. But that's a brand. 
And Walt, let's go here, man. Uh, Trans-Siberian. Well, yeah, I know I know you're drooling. Well, no, I, I think that that's one of my prime examples where, yeah, Trans-Siberian Orchestra came out of the origins of Sabotage. But I truly look at them. And granted, it's a Christmas rock band, a touring circuit, but they are a brand. They have become so big now. It doesn't matter who's in the band. We know there's metal guys in the band. But you know what? When we're old in our wheelchairs in 20 years, that unit's going to still be going around a country and there's going to be younger looking Joel Hocustras and Jeff Plates and Kiss Cat, Chris Caffrey's. And you're not going to know and not going to matter because there's going to be a metal looking dude with blonde hair in a tuxedo. That's branding too. Here's one for you. And Don, I want your your curiosity. Is Ghost a brand? The band Ghost. <laughs> One hundred percent. It's thank you, thank I mean, you. The, I agree. The nameless ghouls say, says it all. Uh, you know, Papa's going to be the focal point. You know, yeah. Tobias is going to do all the press, and whoever else is in the band, that's who's in the band, and it, it, nobody knows who they are. So that he can pick and choose. They could be. It could be a different band every night. Um, as far as anybody else is concerned. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love the uh, and the whole idea of the mystique of it and all that, you know, like when we all listen to Kiss for the first time and Kiss, they tried to catch them without their makeup. And that lasted like a week and a half with Tobias because everyone's got a, a cell phone now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I do love that concept so, so that, he, you know, he retains creative control over everything that's going on. And if someone leaves the band, they leave the band. He just you know, puts another mask on somebody else and away they go. Wasn't Slipknot, in a way, sort of doing that, you know, years ago with, with, with the masks? You never really knew who was behind the mask. Yeah, they, but they, they, you know, up until uh, Paul Gray passed away, I think that it was had stayed all the original members, and they, and they were pretty. And once Corey really started doing more press out of character, you know, I think people yeah. got to know the people behind the masks. But yet yeah, now is a different story. Obviously, we lost Joey Jordison, which Sorry. you know, another guy. Just I, I can't believe he's gone. Um, yeah. And, and you know now you got uh, Max Weinberg's son, uh, you know, behind the drums, and then and then there's guys in the band you don't even know what they do in the band. There's, there's a guy with a pinhead mask on, and he looks like he's pressing some buttons or something. I don't know what he does. <laughs> but now he's out, but and now this other, now the other guys. So now it's really down to I think it's, it's well Corey Clown and Mick are the are the three that are are left, uh, and everybody else has been replaced. So yeah, you, if you have the masks, you know. Or the, the face makeup or whatever, or the costumes. Yeah, just move on. Mark, what well, were you going to say? I was going to ask about Ghost because that's a great example because, honestly, I'm I'm highly confused by I don't even know who's even in the, that band. I don't know how many singers they've had. Uh, I do listen to their music. I think oh, it's all they've only Fun. ever had. I thought they had a, an, another singer that came at some point. Like, they never. See, you you fell, you fell for it, I Mark. did. You fell I for the gimmick. I did. He oh, changed he becomes, it. He becomes his character becomes different characters, but the singer stays the same. So it's Papa Emeritus one, two, three, nine, seventy seven. What you know, he, they that's what they keep switching up is his identity, and then every and everybody else changes stuff. But he again, he's the focal point. He's the guy. He's the brainchild, and he's the only voice in Ghost. Uh, see, I never knew that, and actually, I always get confused by that band in the sense that. I kind of like it, but I kind of don't want to like it because it sounds like manufactured metal music to me, like uh, catchy tra tracks. But then 
I find myself listening to it sometimes. So I don't, I don't know what to think of that band, but, but I was going to ask another question. What about the examples of when the band actually gets better or they become more popular? Uh, I mean, obviously the old school examples of that would be Iron Maiden and ACDC. Most, most would argue that those replacement singers took those bands to a different place uh, more so than where they were originally. But even like a more recent band, like an arch enemy where I look at like, I mean, they're probably as popular as that band's probably ever been. Uh, Elisa White Gluns is probably maybe more popular or well-known than, than Angela Gasso ever was. Uh, you could argue they're both performance wise pretty up there, but what about that? those examples where now the band's even stronger or better? Uh, and there's probably more than Arch Enemy out there. That Yeah, that's just one that popped top of my head. Don, what do you think? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so if you're going to go back to, you know, Iron Maiden, obviously, you know, that that was, um, you know, if I go back a little bit farther quickly, it's like when 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 Ace, when you knew Ace Freely was out of Kiss, that that was unheard of back then. Your bands never lost members. Aerosmith never lost members those old bands never switched their core members ever and so when someone left it was like the most devastating thing ever you know now again now it's like oh a guy's got some personal problems he can't he's not going to tour he's going to take a month off and not go to europe with the band and everyone goes yeah. okay no problem yeah. um but I, yeah. maiden's a good example of that sort of like when dickinson came in and I believe me, I was, a, I, I still am a huge Deano fan. Those first two mm. Maiden albums are still my favorite. But you got to say, they would not be where they are if Deano stayed in the band. And so I think that's a great example where people start to become more open-minded to it. Like, eh, you know, sometimes losing an original member is not so bad because the next guy comes in and takes them to a new level as much as, you know, I'll listen to Bon Scott, ACDC, 90% of the time. Brian Johnson took him to a whole nother level. And same with Arch Enemy. And, and there's, uh, you know, um, for some people, they would say even with Dio coming into Sabbath. Here's a band, Don. What you Tell me what you think. Band like Saxon. Now, what is it? Down to uh, original is Biff. <laughs> Just Biff, Biff, Biff Byford. He's it. Yep. Because Paul Quinn is involved, but he's retired from touring. But I think they fall into the Judas Priest category, right? It's been an accept category. It's been an evolution of band members changing, but they've never really lost their identity. And there's a million bands we could. I mean, I'm looking at a list. Deep Purple, one of my favorites, right? How many guys have come and gone, right? There's still Deep Purple. Still got three of the fifth, three of the five original, or at least the core members there. But they've had now yet another guitar player change, yeah. right? What about Saxon? To me, well, to me, Saxon, um, you know, Quinny's still going to be in the band and writing yeah. and probably recording with them. Uh, and Nigel's been in for most of Saxon. Uh, there's only a couple albums he wasn't on, I think. But, um, but uh, you know... I, because I know those guys and, you know, I see how they work. You know, Biff is the creative leader of that band. So I yep. think no matter who you slot in there, if, if Biff's there and I don't think you could do it without Biff, it's like Motorhead without Lemmy. Um, it, it, it's they're They are going to retain that original Saxon sound. And I think, uh, you know, they're a great example, too, of they're still putting out new music and it's quality work. So I accept it, you know, and 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 enjoy the all the modern stuff that they've done. I mean, I don't think they put out a bad album in the last decade. No, not at all. You know, Carpe Diem was fantastic. 
Here's a couple examples. Bands that have always been one-man bands. Megadeth. Now, they're unique because they've had accepted uh, chapters. You know, the Gar and uh, Chris Poland and then the Rust in Peace. But ever since then, it's always Mustaine. What do you think about that, Don? What do, you know, we don't even think like, oh, there's one original member. Fuck that. Yeah. That or Wasp with Blackie. Yeah. Again, it's the evolution of the band. I, you know, I agree with Walt on that. It, it agree. Is, is yeah. If you if you sort of keep it, you accept this next version of the band, and then yeah, eventually Megadeth did just really become. Uh, Dave Mustaine, uh, but he's found a way to surround himself with these amazing musicians. The the only one I, I personally will draw a, a hard line on is Motorhead without Lemmy. <laughs> it can't be done. I know Mickey and Phil. I don't think there's a, any amount of money in the world for those guys to do it without Lemmy. Um, but I'm telling you, you're going to see Soundgarden come back again with a new singer tour and make new music. You're going to see Linkin Park tour and make new music. Uh, there's almost nothing that's off limits at this point. But my draw the line is with Lemmy. If there's a motorhead without him, I'm going to ignore it like I ignored Steven Tyler on American Idol. <laughs> by the way, I have a weird <laughs> twist to this. And by the way, I agree with you with motorhead because I'm, I'm thinking of the Lemmy figurine that I saw at Record Archive. I'm like, that's just one band. They just can't no you can't go back out and be motorhead without him, of course. I mean, but I had another weird twist to this is what about these artists that are in in multiple, multiple projects? And and it used to be taboo. So I, like Tim Ripper Owens, and, and I love Tim and I think he's a great singer, but sometimes the knock on Tim is like the guy's in like 20 different projects all at once and he's in all these different bands. Sometimes he's a filler, sometimes he's a guest, sometimes he's actually the singer. What about when we go to that extreme or like it used to be taboo, like, God forbid, Bruce Dickinson went out and did a solo album and Maiden's like, well, screw you, Bruce. Either you're with Maiden or you're out. And now I think it's becoming more acceptable that, you know, hey, artists can go do whatever they want to do as long as they stay to the core. But what about those two extremes, which are kind of um, a little bit of a takeoff of this topic, I suppose, but related? Yeah, well. David Ellison's sort of in that mode right now too, doing a bunch of different projects and you, you know, yeah. kind of see what sticks with people. <laughs> um, and then regardless of what he does, he's developed now a catalog outside of Megadeth that he can do just like Ripper has. Ripper's got his solo stuff. He's got his old band beyond fear. He obviously he can sing the pre stuff. Um, Ingve, uh, iced earth so he you know what i mean he could just pick a couple yeah. songs from every band he's been in and he can tour the world for the rest of his life because you know and he's got the greatest gig of all all he does is pack a, a suitcase with his <laughs> microphone in it email the set list to you know to guys in romania or bulgaria or south america and there's a, there's a band <laughs> in every city uh that learns the 14 songs and he gets on a plane with, with with no equipment whatsoever, he shows up. They do a sound check, play four or five songs, and there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, away, you know. And people know all these songs, you know, all the pre songs and and the Ingve stuff and and all the bands he's been in. And he makes a living, so God bless him. And and Mark, a lot of those bands you're talking about, that's the um, work of these uh, record labels, Frontier. A lot of those are formulated bands, like the. 
you know, Michael Sweet, George Lynch. Yes, they've done that. Yeah, we had Robin McCauley on a couple months ago. And I mean, it's a great album, but the Frontiers Italian guys wrote the album for him in the spirit of classic MSG. And all he had to do was put pen to paper and write the music and sing it. You know, yeah. and there's a lot of examples. We had Zach Stevens on. There's a Sabotage-like album he's got with Arch on Angel. Um, yesterday, we had uh, uh, Mark Evans on from Heaven's Edge. Same kind of thing. So there is some good stuff there. Definitely some good stuff there, but they do go ahead. And by the way, with Ripper, we had Ripper on our show, John. What was it back in right around the holidays? And uh, yeah. he also admitted, he says, listen, it's got to pay the bills. You know, and he takes a lot of these projects because it gets paid for him. He actually was late to our call. And uh, I think, John, you were dialing his cell phone. And he's like, oh, so fucking sorry, man. I was singing. I had to do a cover of a Merciful Fate song. I was in my home studio. Sorry, I'm five minutes late. <laughs> yeah, he started soliciting work. You know, I, and, you know, he's on the show. He's like, yeah, anyone out there listening, you know, get to my email, get to my website, you know, book studio time. I'll lay tracks on your songs and. He, he was a cool by, dude. By the way, another, but, another uh, one in that vein is uh, Stu Block from Ice Earth. You mentioned Ice Earth. I mean, he's in the same boat right now. He's just out there. Look, he's taking on projects and guest performances. And like you said, Metal Wall, you know, he's got to pay the bills. He's not obligated to Ice Earth anymore, obviously. And, uh, you know, but I, but Don, you brought up something that actually even like I'm a believer in the, hey, these are brands they can carry on. I'd love to see the 2.0 version of all these things. But you said something to me that actually scares me. And now this is where I draw my little line is you said something about like a kiss in every city, 50 versions of kiss. All right. That one scares me. That one. I don't know about that one. Um, then again, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can it's see it, right? Sadly. But then again, maybe strangely, if I end up in freaking Chicago or wherever one day and I'm like, oh, shit, kiss is playing. I'll go see the Chicago kiss. Uh <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, that's that's getting crazy, though, right? If we go there. But I can see it happen. If anybody could do it, it would be them, I suppose, right? Well, I think I know what's going to happen with Kiss. I'm predicting it. I think they're going to retire. And then they're going to reintroduce their back history. So I bet you're going to see like a love gun tour and they're going to go out and they're going to play theaters and they're going to rebuild the exact stage, same setting that they had in 77. And they're going to get the perfect replica of the band and they're going to advertise it and they're going to sell a million freaking tickets. What do you mean? Like um, this fall, come see kiss, do the rock and roll over recreate yeah. rock and yeah. roll over with right. the legacy of kiss. And, you know, featuring the uh, replication of the Love Gun US 77 tour. I mean, uh, Don, would you go? Would you go if it was Kiss sponsored, like everything? Say it's 50 bucks a ticket. You know, and your buddies go or whatever. Well, well Don gets and, guestless, so let's be honest. <laughs> Otherwise, Don's not going. <laughs> opening slot to do comedy. Well, they had a yes. painter on the road. They yeah. could take a comedian out. Um you know, I've done that for a ton of bands. I'm actually opening for Metal Church this weekend. But uh, yeah, I, I nice. there's some phenomenal Kiss tribute bands out there, and I've gone to a bunch yeah, of there them. Are. Uh, and I paid. So uh, would I see the, the Kiss endorsed one? And Walt, I love that idea, and I've never heard anybody bring that up. But okay, all new, all new members of Kiss, and they're recreating different eras of the band. I think it's a brilliant idea. I, I think you should copyright it uh, immediately before Gene catches wind of this. Um, and I will say I would go. I would definitely go. If you're recreating that entire vibe with 
a, a great band because I think we've all seen some great Kiss tributes. Um, so if this one's yeah. band sanctioned, I, I think I would go. I think that's the difference if it's sanctioned, but I'm not, I'm not a personal fan of tribute bands. I think it's I'm just not into it because unless it's sanctioned by the man, I don't want, I don't want to know anything about it. But, but aren't there like um, four Phantom of the Operas out there at any given time in four different cities? And it, yeah. And it's pretty two, much the two same TSOs, show. East coast and West coast. What's the difference? Yeah. Maybe there'll be four mini kisses Four <laughs> can, mini yeah, kisses. They should get, they should let mini kiss fly the flag for the, you know, let them do that. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Well, we talked about so. this the other day, Walt, about how we, Mark mentioned Phantom of the Opera, but that's, that's a Broadway show that they have understudies. They have revolving. Um, that, that's something entirely different, but we got about five minutes left. Um, Dad, when you go meet up with Kurt, Kurt and uh, the Metal Church guys, I remember back when I was a kid and I got the first album and the inner album, they had the Metal Church, ne- Metal Church neck brace. They got to bring that shit back. And you talk about Ace was out of the band, was going to see the Creatures of the Night tour, and we didn't know Ace was out of the band until the fucking band came out because back then you didn't know. So... But, Walt, I'm going to let you uh, uh, reel this in. There's a couple other notes you probably have. So, yeah, there's a here's a couple. Here's one. And I I don't like to go negative, but let's get a little let's be comfortable being uncomfortable right now. In the beginning of the show, Don, we said, hey, you know what? As long as the logo's there, if there's one original guy, it's good. But where does it go where you're like cringe, like my daughter says, cringe? And I think of and I love them, but I think of a band like Yes. Yes, is down to Steve Howe. You know, Billy Sherwood's in there, but he's playing the role of Chris Squire. But Billy Sherwood was a guitarist in them 20 years ago. And Alan White has passed away. Like, there's a line where things get too diluted. And I use a band like that, where it's almost like I said, it's like, where does it say, oh, come on, guys, enough of this. Like, I don't know, Don, a band like Vixen, right? Yeah, you you take three of the ladies out. And you replace them with three equally pretty ladies, which is fine. But is it still the same product? Again, if, if you if you bring in people who can capture the spirit of the band, you know, Lorraine Lewis coming in to take over for Janet. I thought she was a perfect replacement for the band. But yes, now they're down to just Roxy yep. as the original member. You know, Kurt Vanderhoof, you know, I'm going to I'm going to open for a band that only has one original member. Um, so. Uh, but I, you know, I give my blessing to those guys to carry on because I think Mark fits the spirit of what they've done over the years. And, um, you know, obviously what happened with Mike Howe is completely tragic. And I'm, I'm glad they're moving yeah. on. Uh, for me, I think it's I, I, it's it's zero original members. That I mean, I, there's got to be a line somewhere, right? It's, it's, it's zero, the foreigner thing, you know, yeah. it's like it's it's really ridiculous. Um, but. I had a girlfriend ask me to take her to see Foreigner and, and there was no original members and, and, but the place is packed and everyone's singing every song and everyone's getting so much joy out of it. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, it bums me out, but it's bringing joy to people. And, you know, with all the talk about Pantera again, you know, they're the hot topic now and people saying, Oh, they shouldn't have called it Pantera. They shouldn't have used the logo, all this stuff. But every day you see in these clips online from people all over the world loving this music 
you know, people who are 20, 30 years younger than we are, you know, we're old fucks. So these young people never got to see Pantera and this is as close as it gets. They're getting half um, with great replacements and and they're bringing a lot of joy to people. So, you know, I, I don't like to be the Grinch. But uh, yeah, I think I think I'm okay saying zero original members is not acceptable in my world. <laughs> I'll subscribe to that, and we are crusty, and we are get off my lawn, guys. <laughs> and but rightfully so, we're all card carrying members of this fucking fraternity. Tom, before we go, uh, new show that rocks. You got the band back together. How's that going? I've caught a few of them. You know, it's a little long to tell you yeah. the truth. You know, our attention span. Wait. Wait, sorry. Before we go to Don's plugs, we do have a question, though, that needs to be asked. Can that metal show go on without one of the three original members? <laughs> <laughs> like, if there's no Don Jameson, is there that metal show with just Jim and Eddie? That, I know, you know, well, you need to know this. I mean, the producer uh, has owned the name and the logo and has shopped it around uh, since we went off the air probably almost eight years ago now. And uh, he has not had uh, any success in getting it on anywhere in any sort of combination. So I guess, I guess it can't go yeah. on even with the original members. So I'm, I'm not really yeah. worried for my, my spot in, in, uh, in, in that show. If it ever did come back, obviously I hope I'd be a part of it. And, um, but no, loving what's going on with that rocks. Um, you know, we just, we, we, you know, like a band, we were tired of waiting around to see, Hey, what's going to happen. Are we going to be able to use, the brand, which, you know, we haven't been able to do. And so, yeah, we are starting over with That Rocks. It's it's a whole new thing. It's a new logo and it's a new uh, concept. Obviously, it's, 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 a, it's a streaming world now. So, uh, but we're happy to be back together and doing it. And uh, uh, um, Vern, we got, we got it down to about an hour, uh, under an hour and 10 this week so don't worry we're 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 honing it in we're we're learning as we're doing it um you know when you got three guys who all like to talk it tends to to go a little long but um great stuff um and i'll have more news uh when we do this again uh the next time about that rocks and a bunch of other stuff and uh but i appreciate you guys having me if you guys haven't seen that rocks every wednesday on youtube check it out and what quickly, what about uh, your your brand? You've been touring. You were in uh, Massachusetts last weekend. you running out the door right now. What do you, tonight's Metal Church? Yeah, well, I have Metal Church um, this weekend up at the Vault in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Two nights, which I'm super excited about. So Friday and Saturday. And then, you know, my brand is, uh, listen, I'm, I've been, my brand is me. So it's the original liner for the last 23 years. No, I'm sure a lot of people wish there was a replacement for me, but uh, if you if you like what I do, follow me on my social media, uh, Don Jameson Official on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter, at Real Don Jameson. Um, you can see me opening for bands, doing a lot of my metal humor. You can see me in the comedy clubs, doing my, my regular comedy club act um, and everything. I'm like Ripper. Yeah, you, you got a backyard, you got a... You got a six-pack and, and a hand job. I'll come play your birthday. All right, get out of here. You got to go to work. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. I'll see you guys later. Thanks, man. 
Metal for life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.